Uh, welcome to the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast. I'm Managing Editor Joe Abraham. Uh, our podcast is brought to you by the good people at the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calicoon, New York. Uh, tonight's special guest is John Little, the Commissioner of the Division of Health and Family Services here in Sullivan County. Uh, so welcome, John. And uh, I always have each guest start off with introducing themselves and uh, what they, and I guess in this case, your division, um, some of the things you guys do in the county for those unaware. Okay, great. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm John Little. Uh, I came to Sullivan County back in uh, 2019 after a 20-year military career. Uh, I was a ship driver in the Navy. And uh, even though I'm not from Sullivan County originally, I grew up in a small town in Eastern PA. And um, my wife and I are both from the same town, uh, Pottsville, if anybody's familiar with that. And um, we both wanted to get back to a small town in the mountains. And so um, we love it here. We're really happy to be here. And uh, when I came here originally, I was the deputy county manager working under county manager Potosik. And um, an opportunity came up um, when uh, Joe Tadora retired uh, to move over to social services. I thought it was a good fit for me and, um, and um, you know, <laughs> had been pretty stressed out with everything going on at the height of the pandemic. So I came over to family services back in um, uh, <clears throat> actually about this time last year. And then uh, in April, took on duties for the entire Liberty campus uh, that the county runs. So that's uh, public health, community services, which is our mental health um, clinic, and also the adult care center uh, at Sunset Lake. I have oversight of that facility as well. So uh, there's a lot going on um, across, um, you know, about 500 employees providing a lot of different health and human services to the county. And... <clears throat> a lot of different disciplines, but uh, I really I really love the work. It's uh, just a ton of great people. Um, I don't think people appreciate for as small of a county as we are, the amount of talent that we have, uh, not just on our staff at the county, but then also, you know, I'm sure we'll talk more about the, the other initiatives we work on and, and the community supports we have, the community organizations that are out there. Um, we have some really great partners that we're, that we're lucky to have and not a lot of rural areas have like we do. So um, that's, um, that's a very, very quick version of, uh, of what we do with the county campus in Liberty. Yeah, so definitely a jack of all trades. Uh, and, uh, for, for sort of our county, it's been no secret that our health ranking, uh, leaves much to be desired, uh, second to last, uh, in, in the state. And, um, I know that there are a lot of different reasons it's attributed to that different health outcomes. You know, we have the opioid crisis, which is affecting every single probably into the planet at this point, um, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, recently, you guys launched a, uh, an intervention and prevention services dashboard. So I was curious if you could just tell our uh, listeners a little bit about that and how that's uh, going to be very helpful to uh, everyone in the county who, um, as far as finding services, et cetera. Yeah, sure. So the, the dashboard is one piece of many that we have been working on adding to the county's toolkit for dealing with the opioid epidemic. That's that's primarily why we started work on the project. Um, <clears throat> it's uh, for for anyone that's familiar with the county's COVID dashboard. Uh, a lot of the same technology applies there, and again, it it speaks to you know what we have in Sullivan County. I don't think we give ourselves enough credit, but the the technological skill. Um, and, and expertise that went into developing this dashboard is not something a lot of rural counties have with all the uh, 
the GIS data, the geographic information. So what this dashboard is very simply is it's, it, it brings Google Earth or Google, Google Maps down to Sullivan County and um, take, takes that geographical information and you can search for things geographically, you know, look for things on a map. And we put in categories and information for all the different services that are out there. So, and it's all stuff that has been tremendously relevant during the pandemic. So even though it is the intervention and prevention dashboard for you know, dealing with the opioid crisis and it provides treatment information, there's also information in there about pharmacies in general, uh, other medical capabilities, food pantries, churches, the Move Sullivan bus routes are on there. So there's a lot of different resources there. And, you know, a lot of this reason for being is we just hear so much that, well, we don't have this in Sullivan County. We don't have that in Sullivan County. It's a rural county. We're poor. We don't do this. We don't do that. And there, and, and don't get me wrong. There are a lot of things that I would like to see, you know, improved as the health and family services commissioner and a lot of things that we need to work on and, and, you know, recruit more doctors uh, to come to our area in particular. Um, <clears throat> but I, I want to make sure people know that, you know, they're not alone. There are resources out there. There are community supports, whether they're in government services that that I'm responsible for, or they're out in the community. You know, we have great community partners: RSS, ATI, Catholic Charities, all the different community groups that are out there have a lot to offer. So, we wanted to make sure that folks were aware of where they were, how to access them, um, whether by bus or by, by your own car or on foot. And uh, um, the dashboard, aside from that geographic search, it also helps people find um, things based on, you know, what, what are they interested in, in particular with relation to the opioid crisis. And we actually work with our providers to keep track of how many beds are available, how many treatment slots are available. So folks can go on there. The, that information is updated uh, weekly and folks can take a look at what's going on um, with different providers. You can find AA groups, Narcotics Anonymous, um, all sorts of different resources that are out there. Uh, and we actually, once we launched it last month, we continue to add to the information that's available. So we take information from everybody. And uh, I should give a shout out to Sullivan 180 because their community resource guide was an outstanding resource for us. And so the information, we're sharing more and more with them. And, and likewise, it's becoming a really strong partnership. And um, <clears throat> so... Yeah, you know, the, the, a lot of information that we're putting together, getting out, making more accessible as much as we can. It's available on on uh, on a desktop computer or on your mobile. And um, um, yeah, that's what it's about. So we're, we're pretty proud of it and we're continuing to build on. Oh, that's what I was going to say. We're continuing to build on it by um, making sure that folks have information on uh, resources in nearby counties as well. So if you live in Fallsburg, if you live in Neversink, you know, we've built in information about what's in the Ellenville area. Uh, if you live in one of the river towns, we have information on Pike and Wayne County. And if you live in, you know, Mamacating, Bloomingburg, we have information on what's available close by in Orange County. So we're building all those things up for everybody as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's Rip definitely, as you said, looking at that dashboard and, and other dashboards that the tech team put together and stuff. It certainly is not something that was done with the snap of the finger. So definitely really cool. Um, no housing is another big uh, topic in this county that, that's been a discussion. Um, and I know recently I saw a post, I think that you guys had did about, you know, looking for housing for certain folks or whatever. So if people find themselves in a housing crisis for whatever reason, uh, what resources do you guys offer at the Liberty Campus uh, for those individuals and, and just um, some initiatives that you have in place with uh, regarding housing? 
Sure. So uh, again, it's um, the community partnerships are invaluable. And, you know, a lot of what we do at the campus on Liberty is providing support to people that are in real housing emergencies that are, that are homeless, that are, you know, or, you know, just lost their house to a fire, just uh, lost their job, don't know how they're going to make ends meet, things like that. Um, <clears throat> but there's also a lot going on that people are worried about with regard to, you know, the, their rent and the eviction moratorium and, and everything that goes with, um, you know, how rent has changed in general uh, over the course of the pandemic. So we have a really tight partnership with uh, ATI in, um, in Monticello. And the ATI, or, yeah, the ATI team uh, has a couple different sources. They partner with us on emergency rental assistance. So you can go to Liberty, you can go to ATI Monticello and get support. Um, and also you can just call us. I should also say, you know, the, the, our switchboard is uh, 845-292-0100. And that's an easy number to get in touch with anybody in social services. Um, for advice on how to work through getting um, public assistance if you need it. And um, <clears throat> the, uh, the folks at ATI have some additional um, tools that we set up um, with them in the state uh, to be able to rapidly rehouse folks if they find themselves, um, whether it's evicted or um, you know, their owner, the owner of the house that they're in is selling the house and you know, they were told they had to move out. Um, we can help people with um, with legal services, connecting them to legal services. So that's an important thing too. Um, the uh, <clears throat> the one thing that I keep coming up uh, and wanting to say when when folks ask me about this is uh, talking about the rental assistance program and 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 what it all means. The rental assistance program is really to make both landlords and tenants whole after months of rent not being paid. So depending on your level of eligibility, you can get up to 12 months of back rent paid, three months forward rent paid, you can get utilities paid. This is all done by the way, on a website that the state runs. And we have folks on our team, ATI has folks on their team that can help folks get through those applications. Um, the, the application process is sort of a, a, a joint effort where a landlord and a tenant have to work together to get the information completed. I will say, though, for folks out there that, you know, um, <clears throat> don't have a good relationship with their landlord for whatever reason, um, the fact that you go through and submit an application will show to an eviction court um, if, if it went to that point that, you know, that's a landlord can't kick you out because you didn't pay your rent when you went through all these steps to prove that you tried to get the landlord their rent. So, um the whole point there is everyone out there needs to know that the rent is still due. Um, there are there's misinformation out there that Governor Cuomo said that I don't have to pay my rent, but the rent is still coming due. You just can't evict somebody for non-payment of rent while the eviction moratorium is, remains in effect. So that rent is still due. It's still going to impact your credit. It's going to impact your ability to you know obtain housing, and money is out there for folks to help them. Um, uh, you know, stay in their place. So, you know, we really encourage folks to come out. Uh, and I am actually pretty happy. Um, we, we were expecting, you know, um, <clears throat> by, the, by the end of the program, maybe a thousand people would, would submit applications and we're closing in on 600 right now in the first uh, six, seven weeks. So there is definitely, um, there's definitely been interest, people been involved and, 
And, you know, we've been, we've been trying to link up with those folks as best we can. So I think um, I, I have a good feeling about how that program is progressing. Um, but I also want to say before we leave housing is that, you know, this is just one piece. We're talking about emergency housing right now. And we're really looking at a full range of housing options because the, the real estate market is very tight right now, as everybody knows. Um, and we know from history that it won't last forever, but, um, but there has been a lot of demand in Sullivan County for new, for places. Um, and there just aren't a lot of new, you know, construction, new units out there. Um, so that's something that we're going to be looking at. Um, <clears throat> you know, finding better or more access to housing for folks, especially as the workforce kind of rebuilds itself and we bring in more folks from the city. And also I think um, the work that we do with the land bank has been really great. And uh, the work that Jill Wire and her team at the Sullivan County Land Bank do, um, they're really starting to turn around some properties and really starting to get after blight um, in the more urban areas of the county. And, um, and we actually have some projects that we're working with them on to hopefully Help folks transition from you know a state of homelessness to uh, apartment housing to rental assistance, whether it's through the Monticello Housing Authority, some other group, or, and then you know eventually keep people working up towards getting their own market rate place. And that's um, how the how affordable housing issue really covers the whole range from homelessness all the way up to helping folks find and buy their first home. And that's those are things that we're all working on in uh, in family services and with our partners in the community and Sullivan County planning. Hey, and, and my last question for you this evening is, uh, like I said, there's so much encompassed under the division of uh, health and family services, but you know, we talked a little bit about the dashboard, opioid crisis, uh, resources there, housing. Uh, what, what else uh, do you wanna spread the word about kind of to close things out as far as uh, that you guys have going on other initiatives in, in the division or just things you'd like people to know or that maybe they could do to assist you guys out with with all your initiatives. yeah um so i mean there's just so much going on but if i if i talk to it from the point of view of um our roadmap to better health so when when i took over as the uh, division commissioner the the legislature um when they when they you know, asked me to take this on and, and put their trust in me, I really appreciate, by the way. Um, they asked me to come up with a plan for how do we get ourselves out from being 61st out of 62 counties in terms of our, in terms of our health rankings. And so, you know, I, I, I studied what's available from the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, who does all the research that goes behind those rankings, you know, talk with members of my team, members of the community, and took a look at what we've been doing and what we could do going forward to really make a difference. And, you know, a lot of the things I found is that um, Sullivan County in the past has kind of dealt with county health rankings as well. That It's health rankings. So it's a health issue. It's a public health issue. Uh, it's a hospital issue. Um, but it's so much more than that. It really, folks need to understand that Health in the community is about, you know, keeping people sane, keeping people healthier um, so that they don't have to use the hospitals as much. So um, that's what that's the why or that's <clears throat> that's the thinking that's behind the roadmap to better health, which, um, you know, folks that are out there that have heard me talk before have heard about the four E's maybe um, easing access to care, ending the opioid crisis in Sullivan County, uh, enhancing our communities and encouraging healthier behaviors. So easing access to care is about making people more aware 
which is, you know, another piece of why we use the dashboard, why we created the dashboard, make sure people know what's available to them. And then also looking to recruit and develop more providers in the community. Ending the opioid crisis, the opioid crisis is definitely public enemy number one, um, in my opinion. And, <clears throat> and the facts bear that out. Uh, recent numbers from the CDC say that, you know, 93,000 people died across the country last year of, of opioid uh, overdoses. So that's, that's a staggering number. I mean, that's, you know, that's for all that we've suffered through with COVID, you know, roughly one in five, you know, of those deaths, you know, it's, it's opioid abuse, you know, half a million people died of opioid or of COVID and uh, 93,000 died of, of opioid use. So when you think that it's not there, it's not in your community, it is, it's everywhere. And, and we as Americans need to be doing more to help with that. And I think the biggest thing, you know, when you say about what can people do to help is reducing stigma, making people feel like it, they shouldn't be ashamed to ask for help. They shouldn't be ashamed to go get care. Um, we want them to get better. And they, uh, what's, re what's really great in Sullivan County these days is that there's a really great partnership between uh, our folks in the health and human services team, DA Galligan, Sheriff Schiff, um, and, the, uh, and our local police chiefs on, um, <clears throat> it was just announced last week, Hope Not Handcuffs. And Hope Not Handcuffs is a program where folks can reach out to an angel, as they call them. And those angels will help folks. Um, they're on call for, I think it's six hours a month is all they ask for. And um, you get trained up and you get, you get a call as an angel, you come out to help somebody and you help. You don't need any special set of skills, but they give you some training and help you get those folks that call for help, whether it's by entering a police station or having contact with a law enforcement officer or, or just calling for help, um, these, these folks will come out and they'll help guide folks into treatment, get them, help them with all the things that you don't wanna be thinking about when you're in crisis, like insurance and do I have to pack a bag? Or am I gonna leave so-and-so behind? Or how am I gonna get my car there? All those kinds of things, that's what the angels help do. So if folks are interested, um, you know, just do a quick Google search for Hope Not Handcuffs Hudson Valley and um, and learn what that's about because um, volunteers are really going to make that program um, make, really make it sing and really make a difference. And that's what we hear from the folks that are angels, have been angels in the past uh, in other counties that we work with is you just feel so good when you know that you gave somebody a chance to get their life back on track. So I would definitely encourage folks to, um, to volunteer for that opportunity. Um, <clears throat> and then you know, enhancing our communities, that's a, that's a big thing too. And it's really about getting people um, educated, increasing access to childcare, uh, affordable housing that we just talked about, all these socioeconomic things. That's what, that's what really is going to make the difference in improving the health rankings. You know, the, the health rankings, 40% is based on your socioeconomic status. So it's not, although it's important to, you know, for for folks to get their cancer screenings, for folks to visit their doctor from time to time. There's also, you know, some really important stuff that we have to address as the community. And so the conversations that I have are not just with, you know, Crystal Run and Garnet and, and Public Health and Sullivan 180. They're also, you know, with this with the Sullivan County Visitors Association. And we're talking about all these housing issues with the land bank and and uh, tomorrow I'm going to be meeting with uh, the the county child care council. Um, so it's really about creating opportunities so that people aren't so stressed. 
um, and, and have a chance to lead a, a decent life. And then, um, you know, the last E, encouraging healthy behaviors, that's um, a lot of that is the work that public health does every day. And it's also our partnership with uh, Sullivan 180 uh, on prevention and uh, all those sorts of things, healthier behaviors. Uh, I think the work that Sullivan 180 is doing in our schools is fantastic and much needed um, on improving wellness with the kids and with the teachers. And um, yeah, I think that's, um, you know, those, those are the big things across coming across my desk uh, that I'm thinking about and that we can all get involved in. I would say, um, you know, those, those angels and, and getting involved with Sullivan 180 and really spreading the word that we're we're out there, we're working for people. We wanna make lives better. We wanna make people healthier and the resources are there. We just wanna connect you to them. So that's, um, I think that's my message. Oh, thanks. And it sounds like uh, we all got quite a bit of work to do and, and uh, thanks to everyone on your team and just um, everyone working to, to better the health outcomes. And as we mentioned earlier uh, with the dashboard, all of that info and a lot of other resources can be found on the county's website, SullivanNY.us. Um, that's, uh, that does it for tonight's episode of the Sullivan County Democrat podcast, uh, by the kitchen table cafe in Calicoon, New York. And, uh, John, thanks for joining us and, uh, keep up the good work. Thanks, Joe. We're trying. Thank you.